0: Michigan Short Track Racing Authority is Horsepower Happening. Curtis Roberts,
1: welcome to Horsepower Happening. The Northport, Florida driver, Danny Sams III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemmler, welcome to Horsepower Happening. Eve Irwin, welcome to Horsepower Happenings, my friend. Director of Race Operations for
2: the ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballis, welcome. Over
0: 50 years of industry experience from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes
1: Stamp On to turns three and four. Stamp On to the lip, Stamp off sideways, correct Alvin Wins. Yeah,
2: guys, wholesale uh, right-side tire changes, that that seems to be the decision. All down mode.
0: Exclusive interviews every week hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more.
3: You know, after about eight hours, a month of medical here they uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying on the car for quite a while. It'll be, it'll
4: be my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm
2: not calling the shots on, all of that, all at once.
0: Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for.
2: She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment
1: there at Antecamp Racing that money can buy. This point's funded massive these races are massive these are some of the most high-paying races in the country
0: from the north side towing
1: of st. John's
0: studio presented by CNT Services here are Zach Heiser and Rich France
1: good evening race fans and welcome into Horsepower Happenings on a beautiful Monday night feels a lot like fall up here in the northern Midwest but we'll turn the heat back up we'll get a little rain needed where the crops need it and get back to racing this weekend huge show coming up Kyle Crump Garrett Wiles our featured interviews for tonight but first Here's what's happening in a Motor City minute. Big weekend out west at Sonoma, California. The archimenard Series kicked things off. Ryan Priest, archimenards uh, Rich France. I'll bring you in early. Ryan Priest, archimenards Really? Yeah. So what he wanted to do, Zachy, uh, the Arkema Series West Series, was
2: having a race at Sonoma, and he wanted as many laps as he could on Sonoma. Um, and it's and uh, so and what happens when he went out there? Went out and won.
1: All right. Well, it should be expected out of the guy who's been uh, in NASCAR two stints in the Cup Series uh, now with uh, SHR here this time around. NASCAR Xfinity Series, Eric Almorola apparently also wanted some more laps around Sonoma this weekend. He took a step down to the Xfinity Series, got the job done. And how about MTJ, Martin Truex Jr., fourth career win at Sonoma and he gets the, the win box marked here for 2023. Dirt Late Muddle Dream was this weekend at Eldora, the final uh, culmination on Saturday. Jonathan Davenport was the $2 million man in 2022. Well, he's $129,000 richer now after this weekend at Eldora. Not a bad weekend either for Carson Hosevar. Did really good on Friday. Just kind of ran out of uh, some steam the rest of the weekend, but was the rookie of the race uh, this year at the Dream at Eldora. Wednesday night, Money in the Bank 150 at Berlin Raceway. Eric Jones picked up the dub over Kyle Crump. We'll talk to Crump later on tonight uh, about that race on Wednesday. And Tyler Roerig picked up his first 500 sprint car tour win of 2023 Saturday at Berlin. Bobby Santos III, and Billy Wees completed the podium. And that's what's happening at Motor City Minute. Good evening. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Good evening, sir. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well now. We'll, we'll talk about later
2: about what I've been going through just because the way we do the show, but it's nice to hear your voice.
1: Yeah, I tell you. And yes, yeah, so you're going to notice later on, We when we record the show, we recorded in sections uh, Rich is going to sound a little different when we get to the interviews because you had the technical gremlins uh, to start our recording process tonight, uh, but now that we're into the news and views section, you sound great, so uh, that that's good. Yeah, we sound great to the part that they don't want to hear us, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I tell you what, we're having some laughs and some fun here tonight on the show, but um, really a tough weekend. Uh, We heard where a flagman was injured at Bertrand Speedway after an incident uh, with a mini-wedge race, and we kind of hoped that that was going to be the end of the bad news over the weekend. But, Rich, uh, things just got worse as the weekend went on. We don't normally talk about this style of motorsports, but when this happens, uh, it, it affects everybody.
2: Yeah, Zach, we first heard this actually in the tower when I was at Flat Rock on Saturday. Uh, Sad news to kick off the show. A man who who was in critical condition after unexpectedly being hit by a car at the Milan Dragway uh, has died, Zach. The man was identified as 78-year-old Keith Hallett of Waterford. The crash happened about 5.30 p.m. uh, on Saturday at the Dragway. Police said 35-year-old Nicholas Tilly of Holland was operating a Chevy Camaro Z28 funny car in reverse after doing the burnout in the right lane of the drag strip. Uh, Police said while in motion backwards, the funny car experienced a mechanical malfunctioning causing the vehicle to accelerate Zach, which means the throttle stuck on it in reverse. Uh, It eventually caused Tilly to lose control of the vehicle. The car struck Hallett, who was standing at the rear of the vehicle near the staging area. Uh, The Z28 continued in motion striking another funny car which was also in staging before coming to arrest. Uh, just very sad news out at out at Milan Dragway. And the uh, the incident is still under investigation. Yeah, Act.
1: definitely uh, sad. And, you know, there, there is some video out there, thankfully not, of the conclusion of the incident, but of the whole thing happening. And just to give you an idea, if you if you understand drag racing at all, he was almost all the way back to the staging box. And all of a sudden, that car just took off out of nowhere um, and really nothing that Tilly could do behind the wheel of that thing except hold on. Um, and, uh, you know, somebody said it best, drag racing and Milan Raceway, uh, Milan Dragway, you know, one of the best in, as far as safety and, and in our sport. You know, you don't often hear about people getting hurt in drag racing, which is actually quite surprising when you consider it. Um, and this is... Just one of those freak accidents, and so uh, definitely you know sad to hear that, and, and the community wraps their uh, you know thoughts and prayers around that uh, that incident right there. But uh, Rich, let's get into some uh, other things that we talk about the roundy round world. Some results from over the weekend. Yeah, Zach. On, on a
2: better note, uh, congratulations goes out to Brian Bergacre. A couple of weeks ago, he picked up the Joyfair Memorial 100 win, and then this weekend came from 15th to grab the Intimidator 100 at Kalamazoo Speedway. Uh, he has that 12 machine just flat out on a roll. Adam Terry, Mark Shook, Phil Bozell, and Andy Bozell
1: would complete the top five, Zach. All right, and then uh, on Saturday, just uh, up the corner and around the bend from you, Rich France, uh, I set up shop at Owasso Speedway there in Ovid, Michigan, for the Series All-Stars Tour presented by Chevrolet Performance. In their first of two events, for Owasso Speedway here in 2023. 20 cars checked in, 19 would roll for the feature. It would be quickly down to 18. Jeff Versec, Uh you know Jeff, uh, of course, a regular at Flat Rock Speedway. He could not get a handle on that 20 machine, chased mechanical problems all evening long, made a couple of rotations, and called it a night in the 20 car. Everybody said Owasso Speedway is going to be one lane around the bottom, but is it ever fast? And that held true. Brian Campbell broke the track record with uh, qualifying, and he broke it by a country mile. The old track record was set in 2017 by, uh, you ever heard of Chad Finley? Have You ever heard that name before? No, haven't. Yeah, <laughs> you know, tell me something about him. Well, anyhow, he <laughs> set he set the track record back in two thousand seventeen or two thousand fourteen. I'm sorry, two thousand fourteen at Owasso Speedway at a fifteen three. Brian Campbell clocked in at a 14-9-1-2 uh, in qualifying on Saturday, blistered a new track record for the Jeg CRE All-Stars Tour. Then the all-important redraw came to play, and, well, Brian didn't get to start on the front row anymore. Nope, instead it would be the race car engineering duo Dan Leek and Steve Door led the field to the green flag. Leek would jump out to the early lead for the first three rotations until all of a sudden a red number 71 was at the front of the field and that was all she wrote. Laps 4 through 100 belonged to the 71. The rest of the field, though, Rich, really a mixed bag. Um, pushing, shoving, bumping, squeezing. It was like a nightclub at Owasso Speedway on that inside line. Um, couple of three-wide incidents. Uh, you know, a couple of couple of cars spun. But for the most part, everybody left there with clean race cars. And uh, Kyle Crump got the big win. He was way out in front of the field and uh, was dominating that one. Kevin Creminesi. Brought it home in third, his best career finish with the Jag C R All Stars tour. He never finished on the podium before. In a JEGS race, he got the third spot. And Dan Leak, by the way, Creminesi up from 11th to finish third. He was moving on Saturday. Dan Leak would hold on to finish in second. Of course, Kyle Crump gets the win. Barrett Polymus, put that name down in your journal. You're going to want to keep an eye on the Wimberley, Texas kid. He's now up in Wisconsin, and he was moving on Saturday uh, alongside the the Jimmy Tucker camp and the the VDR guys of Andoran Racing, or VRD guys, Um, and Chase Berta. The story for Chase Berta, if you look at the results, is not all there. It says he started eighth and finished fifth. That may be true, but he started eighth and immediately crumpled up the hood of his race car to the point where he could not see out of the windshield. He was driving by faith and by, uh, by, you know, the uh, direction of his spotter. Finally, he got spun with about 15, 20 laps to go. They went back pit side, fixed the hood. He went to the tail of the field and drove his way back up to fifth with just a handful of laps to go, Rich. So that's the story for Chase Berta in number five. So good show on Saturday. I tell you what, Rich, it was it was tight around the bottom, but it was one of those races where if the driver ahead of you made a mistake at all, you could weasel your way in there, and it was really good racing. Yeah,
2: I heard the story about Chase Berta, and I felt bad for him. And then I was like, how did he get back up there? And And I saw a picture of the car, and I was like, there is no way. And he's not—he's a taller kid now, right? right, now that he's all grown up. Yep. And and he still couldn't see over that hood. It had about three-quarters of that windshield covered.
1: A couple of tough breaks. We mentioned Brian Kentbell. Uh He was out early with a rear-end issue. Ethan Stanuchek had a strong run going until the brakes failed on that. And uh, Evan Shotko had a driveline malfunction that caused him to spin late in the race, and uh, he ended up in the 16th spot. So, good show. Next one for the Jagsidari All-Stars Tour will be Saturday, July 2nd. At, uh, or excuse me, Saturday, July 1st at run Speedway and Event Center for race number two of the Triple Crown, where again, uh, if Chase Berta elects to start at the tail and wins, he'll cash in 7,000 big ones and be eligible for 25K when we go back there later in the year. So there's what's going on. And Zach, on the phone lines now, we have the gentleman who picked up the win at Owasso Speedway for the
2: Jags All-Stars Tour, the first event of 2023 up at Owasso. Kyle Crump, welcome into Horsepower Happenings.
3: Thanks guys. Always a pleasure coming on the show,
2: man. Uh, I got to ask you, you know, that's the first time you get out on the new Owasso speedway in a late model. Um, talk about how you liked it.
3: Yeah. I was really looking forward to getting out there. We went and tested at Owasso earlier in the year and the track was really slick still with all the oils and such coming up. So I was a little hesitant at how the racing was going to be less this past Saturday, but, uh, I must say, I, I was a pretty big fan, and I think give that track a, a year or two or maybe just the rest of the summer, and I, I really think that's going to be one of the, the best side-by-side racing tracks we have.
1: Let's be clear, Kyle Crump has no idea how the racing was because he only had to race for three laps, uh, anybody else, and then the rest of the time it was just nail the restart and worry about what it looks like out your mirror. Um I don't know how you can have any idea what that racetrack race is like right now, although I will say I was very impressed on what you did to take the lead in those opening three laps. Uh, You probably passed more cars on the outside than anybody else did that day.
3: Yeah, exactly. Those three laps I had were a blast. It was past one on the top,
1: (laughs) one on the bottom, and we're good to go. (laughs) You you told me that uh, you and a couple drivers said maybe for a lap or two after a restart, you might be able to make some hay on the outside – but then you need to get to the bottom. What is significant about the restarts and the initial starts uh, about trying to use the outside, and why is it better then rather than throughout the rest of the race? My thoughts
3: were uh, when I was third position and Steve Dor tucked in behind the leader, and I was right behind Steve, so I knew he was going to be lifting early into one, not to run into the leader, obviously, like a little bit of leeway. So I knew if I jumped to the top, I would have that slight advantage of him lifting earlier. So that was my my, my time to shine and, and try it. And uh, there's actually a surprisingly decent amount of grip. It wasn't as bad as I had thought it was going to be. So uh, that was my thought
2: process going into that. How hard is it when you know you have a good race car, you're out front, um, you don't have a lot of heat. How hard is it to keep your mind on what you're doing? It's
3: it's not too bad. Uh, Just focusing on what I'm doing, making sure I'm not slipping a tire. Uh, Dan Leek was keeping me honest for a good bit there in the middle portion of the race. He was about four or five cars back, and uh, you know I was I was having to push pretty hard to maintain that gap. So uh, I was a little nervous about burning a right front up. But uh, as far as staying concentrated, it's pretty easy to do.
2: What it's that now that's got to feel pretty good after Wednesday uh, Wednesday you probably thought up until late and I'm thinking I thought you were pretty good up until that last stop and then Eric Jones just seemed like he was that much better um picking up a win after running second has got to feel pretty good. It's still a good week though right? Definitely it's been
3: uh, <clears throat> it's been uh, we've been struggling all year it's been no secret. So uh, to finally hit on something at Berlin and money in the bank, and then to carry that momentum over to Owasso, uh, I really think uh, Johnny Van Dorn and I are on a really good roll right now when it comes to car setup and communication. So really looking forward to keeping this momentum we have rolling and uh, Red Bud 400 is coming up here in about three or four weeks. So uh, eyes are on that and, Cannot wait to get to that track.
1: And we documented that as well, and we kind of talked about that a little bit um, in Victory Lane, that it was like, <clears throat> you know, a second on Wednesday kind of felt like a win because you were finally grooving with this team, and, and things were kind of going the right way, and then you just absolutely waxed them on Saturday. What what changed, or what did you guys find, or, I mean, was there any significant moment that it was just like, okay, here's what we needed to do, or uh, did it just take a little time? I mean, what what's been the difference right now?
3: Yeah, this whole season, honestly, since we started, has not been the best, especially for myself. And uh, missing the show at Madison for the ASA race, going to a weekly Berlin show, and running at I believe ninth, and uh, just not your not what you would expect out of, out of me or a team like TK Racing that you know everyone expects to to be competing or at least running up at the front. And uh, we actually went and tested Sunday at Toledo before Money in the Bank. And I got a lot of comments and questions from people asking, "Why are you going there with a crate car to test? Like, <laughs> what are you gonna What are you gonna learn there? Like, you, you don't even race there with a crate." And uh, JVD and I actually hit on something together there that uh, really woke the car up, and uh, you know, it, it showed that Wednesday at Money in the Bank. It showed Saturday at Owasso. Hit on something. So, uh, me-
1: hit on something mechanically, or hit on something between you as a driver and the race car, or the team, or or, or what is what do you mean by hit on something?
3: Yeah, it's definitely mechanically, as far as car setup goes. Gotcha. Hit gotcha. on a good baseline there. So, uh, Well, you yeah. can
1: tell us. Large stuff. Somebody else is listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's going to open up the notebook and tell us exactly where the panhard bar is positioned, if that's what you're asking. Uh, well, I, you mentioned, too, the crate car. Um, and and I, I, I just cannot get over this. And the amount of people that I've been talking to about this, uh, you and, and Evan Shotko uh, were the two for sure. Um, maybe Brian Campbell, I can't, I can't quite recall. Um, you know, you guys both brought race cars from Wednesday to Saturday's show at Owasso. It really seems like that um, super late model division over at Berlin is becoming more of a crate late model division with a super late model payout. Talk about how that, race, how that, how that racetrack right now is kind of really conducive to the crate cars.
3: Berlin, in, in, in and of itself, leans itself towards a crate car, just with how you're always turning, you don't need the horsepower to put down. So but that, that right there, like allows crates to keep up with supers. And then you look at it from a, a cost effective standpoint, uh, crate engine is just so much cheaper than a super series engine is now, especially with the parts engines that they're allowing, they're getting upwards of 30 grand for the, the super series engine you need to have in order to be wow. competitive. So, I, I, I see why everyone's going that route now when, when you're at a track that you don't absolutely need a Super Series engine.
1: Now, in that same breath, though, you admitted to me, and I even saw you talking about this on Twitter, that that last restart, um, you believe probably the main reason that Eric Jones got around you on Wednesday was because of the horsepower he had on the under the hood. Now, was it just such a short run to the finish? I think you had like a 30-lap run or something on that last restart. Um, was it just such a short run that you didn't have time to get wound up to, to make up that difference? Or, I mean, was it late enough in the day that the horsepower was really grabbing the racetrack? Or, or what really was the difference there on Wednesday?
3: So when you run locally at Berlin, their restart box zone is in the middle of 3 and 4. So you can carry some speed and not have such a difference on a restart. Uh With SRL, their their restart box is on the exit of turn four on the front straightaway, so I'm not allowed to build up some momentum, some speed as a crate engine through three and four to fire. i got to wait until the front stretch in order to fire, bring them to the line and fire. So when it becomes a drag race like that on the front stretch in a straight line, it becomes really evident who's got the horsepower and who doesn't.
2: Now, I want to ask you, you know, last year was your last year in that 131 machine. And, you know, that that's where you made your, hey, you won a lot. You won a bunch of good race, big races in that car, you know, and and then you went to the Crosstown team and you were kind of splitting up, some, you know, some of the stuff. And then, you know, you were going to get that TK racing ride. Do you expect more out of yourself now, Kyle?
3: I do. And that made the the start of this season pretty, pretty tough on myself when we weren't performing at the level that I, I believe that I can because when you have two top tier rides in this in the sport uh they don't come around often and when you if you're not performing there's a big target on your back so beginning of this year missing a race and running quite poorly in my opinion uh you start getting nervous i wouldn't say i doubted myself i believed myself quite a bit but uh you know it's it's easy to get down and then you know everything starts cascading on that so, i, I got to tell you too uh, it was the a rough start
1: that wednesday night uh, race uh, battle at berlin I, t- I flipped this thing on. I was able to catch the last 30 laps of it or whatever that last restart was when I jumped in there. And uh, I- I'm seeing Kyle Crump on the ticker, and then I'm seeing the 131 car on the racetrack, not in the same spot that Kyle Crump on the scoreboard is in. And it took me a second to go, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> There's a driver change there. Um, but, you know, we've documented this. You and Blake Rowe are friends. Um, what was it like to be on the racetrack with that car, uh, with that 131 and kind of racing around a car that, uh, you had been in for so long.
3: It, it was really cool seeing the car on track. I'm not going to lie. Just knowing the knowing Stan and Judy Rosen and all they put into it and being able to see it from a different perspective was, uh, really, really cool for me. And, uh, one thing that I, I really pointed out to, to my friends, uh, I was on pit road for qualifying and Blake went out right in front of me in the 131, <laughs> and I was able course. to actually watch, Stan Rosen, uh, watch his own car during qualifying. And, you know, I've never been able to see how Stan reacts to a qualifying lap or how his car is on the track. So seeing him was, was pretty special.
1: And you and you and Blake are friends. Blake called you to victory lane at the red Bud, if I remember correctly. And, um, it's got to feel, you know, again, you guys are friends, but it's got to feel even better to watch the one thirty one from the rearview mirror too. Right. I mean, like there's gotta be a little bit of a smile on your face for that part. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, It was a a good day on Wednesday. There's a lot of them
3: in the rearview mirror, so can't beat that.
1: That's right. I want to talk about Owasso a little bit more in depth for you because um, we were actually talking about this kind of, you know, in the Horsepower Happenings gang about, you know, this was a home, this was a true homecoming for you. Um, Kind of take me through your whole weekend um, from pulling into the racetrack to seeing family or friends or, you know, old competitors that you hadn't seen in so long. What was that homecoming like for you?
3: It was really cool. I didn't know what to expect just because of everything that's getting done at Owasso. But uh, just seeing all the renovations that have been done from Rex Wheeler and his team, uh, seeing the track getting its much-deserved love that it needs. I had always talked about how Owasso was one of the the best racetracks in Michigan for uh for a racer like you go there and the, the track is amazing but uh so that that made it really cool to come there see all the improvements that were done uh just seeing all the all the people who still work there uh run into a bunch of friends a bunch of the local racers that i i kind of cut my teeth teeth with back in the day uh and then just i i never i didn't know if i was ever going to see a jegs race there again really? 2017 was the last time they had ran it there I won it with my, my family-run car, and uh, that was it, and then multiple years that went by. I think it, it's been, what, five years now since the JEGS race was yep. there, so to finally hear it was back on the schedule, I was super happy, uh, and then we get to go back again for Master of the Pros, so uh, just really cool. I didn't know if that was ever going to happen, but uh, yeah, so you'd be able to go back and then to be able to pick up the win, too, is awesome.
1: By the way, uh, you you just reminded me of something that I forgot to bring up on Saturday. You become the first JEGS driver to ever repeat at Owasso Speedway. In those uh, five or so events that were held before 2017, uh, we had a different winner every single time. So you become the first JEGS winner to uh, ever repeat at Owasso. So there's that little feather in your cap. Uh, I went back and watched the broadcast on Racing America um, yesterday. I was sitting at home re-watching that. And I noticed and I thought I noticed this as well live, but it was really evident at Racing America. Um, When you climbed out of your car, you held that pose and you held on the door and kind of put your foot up on the roof for about an extra two beats than what we're used to seeing in Victory Lane. And you kind of scanned uh, the the grandstands. What were you thinking? What were you taking in? Uh, Kind of what were you feeling in that moment?
3: For me, it's just that that was the first place I had ever raced a circle track car. First place I had ever won at in a circle track car. So, just being able to look up and, and see those grandstands one last time, or well, hopefully one more at Master in the Pros, but because uh, Rex is getting rid of them at the end of this year, and just to be able to see all the fans that were there. That was one of the most packed houses I've ever seen at Owasso. and just uh, I knew it was kind of it could have been my one last time to be able to take that in before the place is completely remodeled so just took that extra moment to really soak it all in while i could
2: kyle we're friends so i can ask you this question if you didn't have such a good week this week um were you prepared for the what happened to kyle Crump comments <laughs> to be
3: honest i was uh i was curious if they're already gonna start coming i'm not gonna lie but uh yeah hopefully that the, these past two races <laughs> put a little faith back in me and uh going to Redbud somewhere where i know i'm usually pretty good so uh looking forward
2: to that yeah you just you set a lot of faith in you it really is confidence in yourself not just your race cards that you're sitting in right
3: yeah exactly i mean at, at some point you show up at money in the bank and you know i i'm thankful to be in the best equipment that, that I could be in but when you go to a show of that caliber or you go to an ASA race shows of that caliber everyone has the best of the best it comes down to how well you can communicate with the crew chief and the crew and then ultimately how you perform so it's just kind of uh having faith in yourself and just keep on trucking even when things aren't going the right way
1: all right, so we've mentioned it, um, Masters of the Pros 184, the next one at Owasso. Before then, uh, we get to go back to Bertrand Speedway for, for another time, a racetrack that you've had some pretty good success at. Um, Red Bud 400 is in there as well. Those are kind of the events that you've mentioned. And i got to assume now, with what you hit on at Toledo in the test session, what you were able to do at Berlin on Wednesday, Again, I mean a clinic. You took the lead on lap four, and I don't believe that you were ever side by side for the lead again until, you know, except for maybe one time that Dan got to your inside off of two, but then you had the lead, you know, handily again by the time he came back around to, to turn four. Um I mean, do we circle these? Do we start riding, you know, the the K and the, you know, L and the Y or the Y and the L and the E. Do we start writing those letters on the check now? I mean, really give me an idea of how excited you are to continue showing up to these races now after what you found over the last week.
3: Yeah. Denny Hamlin came out with a podcast recently, Action, Action's Detrimental, and I've been listening to it, and he he called it. He said he's getting white hot, and I feel like that's white exactly hot. what we're doing. Here. Yeah. yeah, I feel like between Crosstown and TK Racing, we've we've really hit on some things, and uh, feel like it's going to be a pretty hot summer. So,
1: tell me what is next for you because between those two schedules, um, you know sometimes can be forgetful on where you're going to be and what you're going to be in. And also, d- does this transfer for you? I mean, so okay, great, you found some great success with TK Racing. Can you take that to Crosstown now and and you know kind of get that program where it needs to be the rest of the season?
3: I believe I can. What's really cool with TK and Crosstown, we share a lot of the same crew guys. Uh, So obviously Johnny Van Dorn, crew crew chiefs them both, so I'll have him at each track. But uh, my good friend Cade West, he also comes to each team's races. Uh, Justin West, his brother. Uh, Yeah, they both crew on TK's car, both crew on Crosstown's car. So uh, we're keeping the teams tight-knit and together, so... I really feel like uh, you see success on one team. It'll definitely translate to another.
2: What's up next to you guys, pal, either in the Crosstown team or with the TK Racing team? What's your uh, next couple events on your schedule?
3: Uh, Next race is Birch Run with TK for the Jigs race. Uh, Coming back to uh, hopefully beat Chase Berta this time. He got me at the first one, so uh, (laughs) I'll have to get him back this time. And then after that, we'll be going to Redbud with uh, Crosstown. Awesome. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I think that the only, the next race after that, I think, is Battle at Berlin. So we got a little bit of a break, but uh,
1: yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, I tell you what, man, it was really cool to watch what you were able to do on uh, on Saturday. And Chris Fobie, uh, you know, is the announcer now there at Owasso again. And, you know, he said he, he remembered that, you know, 2010 or whenever it was that sport compact feature win they kind of got things started for you. And you mentioned that in your victory lane interview as well about, you know, kind of looking around at the fans and remembering that that's where you got your start. And uh, wow, what a ride it's been since then, huh? Now somewhat 13 years later um big jegs win for you looking at more and more uh you know asa stuff as well and um i get a, get a chance to go back there to collect a really big check with the masters of the pros 184 i mean this is pretty cool stuff
3: yeah, i'm really looking forward to it uh yeah i think uh by the time that race rolls around we'll get a lot more rubber on the track and uh there'll definitely be a high groove i feel like so awesome should be a good race
1: All right, Kyle. Well, hey, man, congratulations. Uh, Big old classic 100 winner from Saturday, runner-up Wednesday at the Money in the Bank at Berlin. And uh, maybe, maybe start writing the checks. Masters of the Pros 184, Red Bud 400. Who knows? He might collect a lot more of them. What do you think, Rich? Don't jinx him. Okay, okay. Well, All right. yeah, yeah. Don't do not the announcers jinx. That's right. All right, Kyle. Hey, man, congratulations. Good luck the rest of the way. We'll see you down there.
3: Yep, thank you, guys
1: want to say uh, thanks to Kyle for making time to join us and uh, be a part of the show tonight after such a dominating performance on Saturday. Um, And I tell you what, too, Kyle said to me, he goes, man, that was one of the longest tech inspection processes I've ever been a part of for a JEGS race. And I told Kyle, I said, well, maybe if you didn't absolutely wax the field, (laughs) you could have got a little bit more of a lenient tech inspection process. So I have to tell you this, Zach. So me and... Gary Lindahl.
2: After the races at Flat Rock, we were sitting out there having our Pepsis after yes. the night. Yes. Yes. And he kept asking me, "Who wanted a Wasso? Who wanted a Wasso?" And every time I clicked on my race pass, it kept saying, "Pending, pending, <laughs> pending." <laughs> Eleven o'clock at night. Pending. Yes. Pending. Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> and and I said, and I looked at Gary. I said, um, "They're showing Crump as the winner." But it keeps pending. He goes. He oh, he must have killed him.
1: You know uh, what yeah, I mean? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, so we know how long it was because we never saw it go official. That's right. Yeah, it was. It was, a, it was a, a quite a extensive tech inspection process. Nothing, you know, out of the norm, but. Um you know, you, you got to be thorough, and everybody was clean, everybody was clear, so it was just absolutely a good old-fashioned butt-whooping from Kyle Crump. I uh, want to take this opportunity to say thanks to Northside Towing by way of CNT Services, but tonight want to change your direction just a little bit and uh, point your direction, point your attention span toward the um, a memorial race coming up next month At Owasso, at at, uh, Corrigan Oil Speedway, Uh, Rich, uh, this is going to be a good one. The Bob Finley Memorial for the Outlaw Super Late Models. Uh, Jeff and Chad and the gang with the Northside and and the Finleys really gearing up for this one. They just announced today a GoFundMe page for anybody who would like to donate toward lap money um, for that race. So that's coming up on uh, Wednesday. What is it? July 26th, I believe, is the date of that one at Corrigan Oil Speedway. One of, the, I mean, I think this is a race, Rich, you know probably more than I do, that a lot of outlaw super late model guys have circled, not only because it's Bob Finley, Jeff Finley, and Chad Finley, but because it's one of the few, it's the only date that you get to see outlaws at Corganola Speedway this year. And I don't know, we're
2: going to have to figure something out, Zach, because we're going to have to work our way into this deal somehow, right? Absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll have to take. I think I have already committed because of, you know, Because of our friends Jeff and Chad, I'm I've I've basically committed to take Wednesday off to come up there, uh, and uh, may need to take Thursday off. You never know. Depends who wins.
1: Well, and that's well. Now, come on. Now, this is a Finley promoted event. You better take Thursday off. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm going to need to probably afterwards. Great. But that's coming up again uh, Wednesday, July 26th. Um, If you're a fan, mark it on your calendar. Take some time off, just like Rich and I are going to. And if you're a race car driver, don't miss this thing because the purse on its own is absolutely massive, and now the Finleys are trying to kind of Add to that with some lap count money, with some lap leader money as well. So uh, this is going to be a huge event. More details on that coming up. And uh, again, want to say thanks to CNT Services and Northside Towing of St. John's for their support of Horsepower Happenings. Um, next week, we do another rendition of Gary, Did You Know? So I guess that means maybe we should give the answers uh, to the May rendition. Um, May is is known for being one of the busiest months of the year next to December. And uh, what, what does that mean, Rich? Well, that means that Gary Did You Know's uh, quiz kind of got shuffled out in May, and, and we apologize for that. But without further ado, Rich, we do want to go back and kind of take a look at those questions and reveal those answers from last month's quiz. Well, we did post a quiz. We
2: did post a quiz on our Facebook page uh, about a week and a half ago. So hopefully everybody got a look at that. But let's get rolling in this. Um, question number one, and, and Gary did these in May, so these are his questions. And the first two kind of have a, you know, I think Gary was still not feeling the best and he doesn't, you know, (laughs) he's still trying to get better. But uh, both of these first two questions have a Glass City 200 flavor to them. So this dirt dauber surprised everyone when he once sent quick time at the Glass City 200. I know the name, but I never got the answer correct. The answer would be Roger Wing. Roger Wing set fast time once at the Glass City 200. Absolutely. Uh, Question number two. This Hall of Fame driver once commented at the Glass City 200, man, did I bring a knife to a big gunfight? I had nothing. Did you know this one? Um, Well, I didn't know it, but I had an idea who it was because I think I remember somebody telling me this in the past, and I would have never guessed it to come out of his mouth, but uh, it was twelve time. Andy Bozell. Andy Bozell came to the Glass City 200 and was – Pretty impressed on what the power that showed up there and that he was lacking. That usually doesn't happen with Andy. Good deal. All right, here's here's some uh, for you, Zach. What track did Ron Pastey race for most of his career?
1: Yeah, this was, uh, you know, you would think this would be right in my wheelhouse, but I just did not recognize the name. I did not recognize it. But did, probably, you, did, probably did you ask I, your dad about I it? I should have. I, I forgot to send it to him. I, I, you know what? I'm going to do that right now while we're doing this. I'll send it to him and see if we get an answer before the end of the show.
2: We'll see if he knows what it is. Okay, the answer for everybody that's listening is Butler Motor Speedway. Butler Motor Speedway, of course. And, Zach, Brian Tyler, question number four. Brian, Brian Tyler started his racing career in these. Did you know this?
1: I think I did know this. I, now, would I have been able to on-the-spot answer it? Eh, I don't know. Um, but when you, you dust off that memory, um, the Butler Modifieds is the answer. And uh, he started racing alongside... You remember we did History Month uh, a couple of months ago uh, with uh, March's Michigan Motorsports History Month, and um, we talked to, uh, you know, Mr. Slade, who was just a dominant force in these, and he raced alongside Brian in those for a long time. So, there you go. Michigan Yeah, I, uh, I figured it was
2: before your time. It is before my
1: time, absolutely. Because Brian was already
2: in sprint cars, I think, by then. Yeah,
1: so Brian Tyler, Butler Modifieds, those stand-up Modifieds, kind of like those sprint car crossovers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Brian Tyler, man, he's the pride and joy of Butler, that's for sure. Yep, so just in time we get these done, and now next week, Zach, will
2: have Gary back on, I think. Um, we'll I have we'll to talk check to the man. Make sure he's be okay. I think we'll talk yeah. to the man himself? Yes, we'll talk to the man himself next week, I think. All right, all right. I, I think we're going to have him back finally. Um, we'll have to see. I know he's got a couple issues he's dealing with, but he made it through Saturday and we have a Saturday and Sunday next week together. So. Uh, we'll have to see how that goes. But, yes, I'm planning on having him back for Monday.
1: And we'll talk more about those two events coming up on the upcoming calendar as well. Uh, let's talk about something else that happened over the weekend. It was the Clay Wesnick Memorial at uh, Mid-Michigan Raceway Park. This drew in some big names. Uh, the Clay Wesnick Memorial, uh, of course, honoring a, a late model, young late-model driver who just lost his life way too soon at the end of the last season. Um, and so the Clay Wenslick Memorial offered $2,013 to win, Rich. And uh, it drew in some great names from across the state. Heat race number one went to Rick Gokey Jr. Travis Stemler, the Ionia Outlaw, picked up the win in heat race number two. And Jared Gwynn, uh, G- is it Gwynn or Gwynn? I, I, every time I see Jared's name, I screw it up. So I'm sorry, I would say Gwynn. Gwynn. We'll, we'll go with Gwin. Uh Jared, heat race number three winner. And Garrett Wiles picked up heat race number four, and then just put it on kill in the feature. Uh, Garrett went on to win his second in a row at Mid Michigan Raceway Park, beat out Rick Goki Jr., Travis Stemler, Rachel Carpenter with a nice showing in fourth. Dylan Cohn rounded out the top five, uh, then Jared in sixth, seventh with the Jack Edmonds. Jimmy Gallagher making the trip to Mid Michigan finished in eighth. Scott Baker ninth and Kurt Mesman in the tenth spot. And so a great showing. I also heard, Rich, that it was a full house in the grandstands at Mid-Michigan Raceway Park on Friday night. And um, they're one of the racetracks, and they kind of take a little bit of pride in this, they're one of the racetracks that are still kicking at old school. You don't see a lot of electronic timing and scoring from them. You don't hear a lot about them. They don't really have a website. Just quietly kind of doing their own thing. I love to see that uh, they were able to pack the place on Friday night. That's pretty cool. Yeah, especially for a memorial event.
2: Um, yeah, th- those are your big nights of the year that you're hoping to have a good crowd. And not only drew it, not only drew in the fans act, uh, it drew in some pretty good drivers. Seeing they kind of had a break with the late models between the Challenge Series events, so it was right a perfect chance to get to get a good field.
1: Rich, it's time now to get into our second interview, and it is the driver who got the job done Friday night at Mid Michigan Raceway Park. It's our pleasure to welcome in Hubbardston, Michigan's Garrett Wiles. Garrett, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. How's it going, gentlemen? Glad to have you back on here, man. And uh, what a what an awesome event on Friday at uh, Mid Michigan. I mean, obviously, anytime that there's a memorial race, we know that that's uh, a sad reason to have a really awesome event. But regardless, a really cool race happened on Friday and unfolded and, and really drew in um, some awesome late models from around the state of Michigan. You end up getting the job done. You're second in a row at mid-Michigan. Uh, talk to me a little bit about Friday. How'd that, how'd that thing go for you in that 16? The
4: whole show was um, the the stands were quite packed, a corn harvest type stands. And, and uh, with all the cars there, yeah, it was really neat for a good turnout for Clay and uh... Yeah, we started out drawing good, and uh, I think we drew the pole for the fourth heat and won that, and uh, luckily I got to, they did a, uh, when you won your heat, you get one down uh, and drew from a bag, and I was the fourth heat, so I was the last chip, and they told me I had the one pill uh, when I went down there, so luck always helps, that's for sure.
1: (laughs) That's right. Now, um, this obviously, the, the uh, the Clay Winslick Memorial, Talk to me about Clay. I know that he was uh, one of those drivers who you would, you know, wouldn't be surprised to catch him at mid-Michigan. That bright orange, you know, number 13. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about him in in this race.
4: Well, uh, I would say probably out of all the drivers in the field Friday night, I think I was the one with probably the most laps against Clay. Um, He, you know, he regularly went to uh, mid-Michigan and he went to Crystal and he, he was a kid that would, they would get out and go to some of these bigger shows and you would catch them at like a challenge series race. So a lot of guys, uh, knew that kid. Him, he was a, he was a good kid. Um, man, I really felt like the, uh, that last year, um, he was starting to come around and, and, uh, he's, you know, he was a young kid when he started just, you know, and, uh, maybe felt somewhat intimidated being in the pits, you know, with a bunch of, a bunch of late model guys, but, uh, last year, you know, he would, he came over and was talking to us and, uh, yeah. Um, and he will be missed. He was, a lot of guys knew him. Uh, my dad and his grandpa would chat often. Um, yeah, just a big, big bummer that we lost him.
1: How about this race though? Uh, you yeah. know, an opportunity to, to honor him and, um, kind of, kind of take us through, friday and and how it represented him and and you know a, a good way to memorialize what he had been doing yeah they uh
4: they had a bunch of they had his car there uh out front that was neat they uh and they had uh we did the missing man with three wide and man i i i honestly haven't seen the stands that packed for uh, a june or july race or hell even an august race uh i don't think ever at at that track um the, uh, the amount of sport that that came out was uh was was special and his whole family was there and uh, and you could uh you could really feel it in the air for clay
2: garrett you know they, i think it's pretty cool they were able to schedule that event in between the challenge series races the downside of that is you had some guys in that pit area you don't really want to race every single week um,
4: but that didn't bother you well, and, and here's the kicker, guys. Is uh, so we were we have a car that we normally run at Mid Michigan. Um, it's it's an old Masters built. It's actually my first ever car, uh, my first ever late model that I race, and it's a two thousand eight. And it was, was kind of old when I got it back in the day. And uh, we race that there weekly because it, it's uh, the, the way the track works. You know, it doesn't take a lot of horsepower. And, I, and I've got a lot of apps around there. And, and so, um, you know, we, we save our good car for Saturdays and, and and for the big shows on Fridays. And uh, we just race that. It, so we, we were planning on taking that there. And then we saw everybody that was going to show up. And then so midweek, we decided that we were going to switch to taking the Rocket and uh, started getting that around. And then uh, the day before the... The event there, we found we had more motor problems with it and had to go back to focusing on the on the old car. And so, yeah, that was to be able to come out with a win with that pretty good. I mean, I, the front row of the heat race was uh, me and, and Vanderbeen And then the front row of the feature was me and, and Stemler. So that's uh, to say I came out, you know, beating both of those guys there with that old car. You know, that, that feels pretty dang good.
1: Now, I want to ask you too, uh, we, we talk about, um, you know, this racetrack and, you know, kind of, we we're talking about this off the air, right? It's kind of a, you know, like a step back in time a little bit. It's kind of hard to find results with what's going on there and, you know, their limited presence on, on Facebook, but man, they got the word out for this event. You mentioned how full the grandstands were, the few extra cars that, that showed up there for this race as well um how was how was the racing action though you started on the pin and went to victory lane um did you have to work for it well what was the did they challenge you much or was this car on rails
4: um well the the heat races were pretty racy the uh the heat race before me i was in lineup shoot and i could just barely see it but uh the the 9j car jared there he he drove right around guys on the outside and uh so i was you know, needless to say, I was a little worried going, you know, <laughs> taking the green flag. But, uh, no, that we've, you know, we've been tuning that car, and uh, we've got it pretty dang good. Um, I knew as long as I could get a good jump on them guys. Um, the bottoms did start to take a little bit rubber uh, throughout the night, and so it was a little latched down in the feature. Some guys were able to move through there. You know, you couldn't slip up. If you slipped up, somebody would get right underneath you. You, you know, you overshot the corner and and missed that that rubber. Would it would happen? Uh, you know, you would have a guy underneath you uh, before the next corner. Yeah. Um, but we've uh, we like that car likes that track. That car has uh, has won a lot of races there. So um, I think in the end, obviously, we made the right decision.
1: So also on this. Number sixteen car and at Mid Michigan, obviously you've got two wins in a row there. Rolling pretty good on Saturdays too, if you can you know keep the bad luck off of you. You've got a couple of third place finishes at Crystal Motor Speedway this season too. Um, really strong start to twenty twenty three for you. Yeah, I mean it, it. It it has been a good good racing when we can get on the track.
4: Um, uh, yeah, the uh, they had the uh, Ron Flynn race there. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, the uh, Ron Slim 52, and they paid a paid a lot of money to uh, lead laps, um, and so I knew I had to get out there. The only way to make some money was to was to get out and lead laps. And I think we started fourth, but by like the second lap, I had led some, and we I think we led 14 laps, and uh, I kind of made a bad lane choice decision and, and let Travis get out in clean air, and that's that's not a good thing to do. And, uh, so we ended up getting third there. But, yeah, it's uh, – man, the track looked good last weekend. It's just um, I'm itching to get back out there on Saturdays.
2: Garrett, where, where, where you live, you're right in the middle of everywhere. Uh, what kind of goes into your decision on where you're going every weekend?
4: Uh, well, we, right now it's
2: – Fridays I got to work,
4: so it's hard to make it pretty much anywhere by the time I get out of work um in saturdays you know home is crystal um they they bumped up their pay um to where they're just as good as anywhere else um so it's it's tough to drive past them on saturdays um you know we we definitely will be getting out a little bit later this year um but man it's you know all your friends are at home and and you know you, you just Saturday's crystal is home for us. And, uh, and we're, we're competitive there and, and it's, uh, we like that track. You go fast.
1: And I, that was going to be my question too, is kind of how you found a home at these two racetracks. And, um, Probably works out pretty well too that they're both on the same tire rule, which is always an area of uh, of discussion in our state uh, as to what you know they're going to do there with with the tires. But in that same breath, I also have to ask you: you've been known too to slap some Hoosiers on and uh, chase some of the big shows. I know the you know Dirt Car Summer National Hell Tour is getting ready to fire up here very soon. Um, we've seen you tag on for some of those races as well. Do you have any uh, any dates circled where you might get out and uh, kind of travel outside of that sandbox a little bit? And by the way, I mean I mean sandboxes in where you're currently playing. I don't mean that against any of those racetracks that you're at right now.
4: Well, it, it's sort of fitting, but, uh, yeah, we...
1: we <laughs> well, did well, let me uh, just say, let me just say, I didn't mean it as a jab. Everybody knows, yeah. you know, uh, what Mi- Michigan racetracks Michigan. are like, so...
4: Yeah, we live in Michigan. That's that's what we race on. Um, yeah, they know a lot of people, you know, on the racetrack thing real quick, a lot of people, you know that's just what we got in Michigan. I don't know. Um, it, unless somebody's willing to spend a lot of money to bring in clay from somewhere else, you know, the Michigan tracks are kind of Sandy and, and, and you're not going to have this cushion that you can bang it on. And I mean, I 96 is a little bit on their own. I mean, it, and really they're just so wide is why it works so well at sure. 96. And, uh, I mean, I think if you made these tracks in Michigan wider, they would race good. Tri-City race is good and uh it's just it's just the width i think is the main thing in michigan why we end up with the racetracks but yeah when the uh back to the schedule um you know of course when the hell tour comes in bearing we have all of our uh motor problems figured out by then you know we'll uh i think it's hartford and butler this year and i wouldn't be surprised we go down to oak shade um and then towards the end of the year you know that's kind of if we see a big money show we might go get it Um, I don't know if we're going to do as much traveling this year as we have in years past
2: Uh, but for sure we'll be getting out there Gary you talk about the sand here and that's because we're surrounded by water here in the state of Michigan but (laughs) kind of explain is that why when any guys go down to dirt or clay tracks that it's so difficult
4: yeah I, I you know it's when you watch all, you know, you watch the guys up here, you know, they're good and, and you see them travel and um, yeah, maybe they don't always get the exalts, you know, we think they should get. And, uh, but when, when you see all those guys come up to our state, uh, I mean, we, we run the Michigan guys run competitive and all the big series is that come up to uh, up to our state. I, I think that's, you know, a lot of it is, it's just totally different driving every single week, Friday and Saturday, and then when you mix up your environment, it's, it's a little harder um, I, I, I don't have a problem with you know, the sandy stuff uh, I, I think that is the main difference why you see uh, why we don't get much success when we travel but hey, that's just my opinion
1: I want to ask you, too, and you mentioned widening out the racetracks, and I really didn't uh, process that when you mentioned that a couple of minutes ago. But really now I look at a racetrack that you show up with at the Hell Tour and you've done pretty good at, and that's Butler. And, you know, Tim down there widened that racetrack out this year and now we're seeing more side-by-side racing at that track than we've seen in quite some time, and guys are able to make the bottom of the racetrack work. It's always been a top-dominant racetrack. Um, the last Held to a race we saw there last year, everybody was locked down on the bottom. Some guys were trying to rip the lip, but uh, what is it about widening out the racetracks here in Michigan that it makes them more racy? Is it having that inside line that's a shorter way around? I mean it's such a paperclip racetrack at Butler. I can't imagine that that would really help to slow the car down that much, but man, they are making it work right now.
4: Well, when, when you widen the track out, it allows you to take different lines in the corners and, and as far as like late models go, you know, we're so air dependent. You, you, you can't follow somebody into a corner and expect to try to like make a move on them. Or, I mean, you almost have to, to choose a different lane and then kind of come up behind them. And, and when you, you know, I've been talking with my dad and stuff, and we're trying to figure out how, um, you know, you can get, get mid-Michigan a little bit better. And, you know, so we're always paying attention and, and watching all these tracks and what they're doing. And, you know, I, I, I just look at 96, and I think they have the most race you surface. And it allows, and if you look at the way people run, the high line and the low line and even the midline it's just you couldn't do them if they were all coming down the straightaway in the same spot and you look at some of the other tracks that are tighter um they kind of it squeezes them down the straightaways and then that that can affect the way you take the corner and and sometimes if you can have a wider track um it just allows different lines to open up and you know i'd not like we get much slider lines here in Michigan, but if right. you had a wider track, maybe it could uh, open up a line like that.
1: I want to ask you uh, a couple of questions here that are, are not exactly related to, to racing, but it gives us an opportunity to get to know Garrett a little bit more. Um, a pretty big month last month in your household uh, uh, you got a little one now who's uh, no longer in the preschool area and you know what when we start graduating kids from preschool and kindergarten I start thinking about mini wedges uh, any any uh, anything on the horizon for the little one
4: Well, I mean see she likes racing, but she hasn't <clears throat> expressed too much uh, as far as getting into a car. and <laughs> that
1: sounds like, that not. sounds like a nervous answer of "I'm hoping she doesn't ever ask." <laughs>
4: yeah, I, yeah, I'm not I don't have a problem with that. you know, um, it's, it's nice sometimes to have a little like uh, it was last weekend there. Um, you know, me and the girls, we went down to Florida and just had a nice nice getaway. Uh, and it was, you know, I was sitting on the beach, watching them play in the, in the water and stuff. And I actually had you guys pulled up on the, uh, on the phone, listening to the races up at 96 and sitting on the beach, you know, it, it, uh, it's nice to get away. I mean, I guess they're away. I'm not quite all the way away, but, um, (laughs) it's nice to let them get away from it, um, every now and then. And, uh, no, I mean. Down the road, I don't, I don't know if mini ledges is the way we would would go with it. But down the road, you know, um, and when she gets older, if she shows expresses interest in it, I, I'm definitely not going to uh, to push her away from it.
1: What, but, do, you, what uh, do you think? A quarter quarter midgets going to be the way to go? Uh no,
4: I personally, I would start them in a in a street stock. You know, the sure. I've got a. Uh, uh, a hot take on the mini wedges that i don't know if it's
1: uh <laughs> <laughs> you know ah oh, I lo- it's, it's, l- listen i love hot yeah. takes okay and i think mini wedges are one of the most divisive classes we have in the state of michigan everybody will say we need them because it helps the youth of our sport grow and you know they continue to be racers and then they'll come back to me two hours later when we're in the middle of the mini wedge program and go why do we have these cars here uh it's <laughs> killing me um so i yeah I, I i totally get where you're coming from i think
4: yeah. I mean, I, I think maybe, um, you know, when they get older, you know, like maybe, maybe 10 and up might be, but it, here we go with my hot take already. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's, if she wants to do the mini wedge and, and is, and is getting at me and getting at me for it, um, you know, we would, my, my dad has a fab shop, so if we, I'm sure he would be down to make her a mini wedge and, uh, see what she has
1: for sure all right and then last question from me uh this one has nothing to do with racing but it does have to do with you being successful in and around the crystal area apparently you know how to uh to cast a line and reel it back in too. a a couple of weeks ago um looks like a little team action got got you a a runner-up finish
4: yeah yeah my my crew chief is uh my crew chief cj denman he is uh got me into competitive bass fishing over the last couple of years. And, uh, yeah, they, uh, the, the tournament was at Crystal Lake, you know, that's our hometown. We, we, uh, had to put on a show. So yeah, we, we took second in that one. And yeah, if I'm not, if I'm not making circles, uh, catching fish is probably my next favorite thing to do.
1: You know, Rich in the last interview tried to ask Kyle Crump what the setup changes were that he made to be so successful. I'm wondering if he's going to ask you what color lure you're using and what depth and where at on the lake you're going. Because I mean, those are highly kept secrets that Rich likes to seem to ask these guys.
4: That would be off air, off air.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right, Rich, I think you got. You think you had one more for Garrett? That yeah. I was going to just tell you,
2: Garrett. Congratulations, man. Um now's the chance you get to call out all the people that help you out on that sixteen machine. Thanks, Rich. Uh yeah, so uh,
4: you know, as, as a lot of people know, my uncle owns the car that I race and, and he I mean he pretty he keeps me going, uh with whatever parts I need and uh you know, keeps the tires underneath the car and, and he has uh, a farm sales equipment, wild sales. Um we have our shop out of their location. Um, Simplot, they're uh, growing solutions. They're actually a big sponsor for us, and they have been the last three or four years, um, and they continue to be with us. Um, the LGOs, they are, they've are. they been with us a couple years now. They're always fun. They're always at the pits. They're always coming around and seeing how we're doing. Um, we've got a new sponsor uh, this year, uh, Well and Septic Inspections LLC. Uh, we're pretty excited to have those guys on. They're getting in the race. and. Uh, Kent Ballard of Raymond James. He's, uh, he's been on the car since we raced the four banger. Um, got to thank my crew, CJ, Jared. They, uh, they helped me put together the cars. We worked hard on that car that one Friday. Uh, we had it stripped down to the chassis over the winter. Redid the whole complete body, changed the deck, modified the chassis. Um, and then they were there helping me with all that, um, my fiance Heather, she actually is. <laughs> she's a, she doesn't like to like me to say it, but she's a pretty big sponsor on the car too. She she's bought me racing seats, bought the wraps. You know, she dumps a lot of her hard-earned money, and she wasn't even able to be there on Friday. I was I was talking to her on the phone in Victory Lane. Um, she's she's an RN and was working, and then uh, obviously my parents for uh, for getting me into racing and and supporting me all along the way.
1: Well, Garrett, it sounds like maybe that uh, word engage needs to be turned to "wife" pretty soon, then, before that all dries up.
4: <laughs> We're working on that. We yeah, are working on. It.
1: Yeah, I got to give you a hard time on that, but hey, uh, you did a good job on remembering to thank the uh, other half, which sometimes guys forget to do. So uh, I tell you what, Garrett, what's that?
4: It's easy for me. She does a lot.
1: Yeah, for sure. Hey, man, congratulations. Two in a row um, is no small feat no matter where you're racing, so that's pretty cool. Um, what are the expectations for the rest of the year now moving forward?
4: Well, we definitely want to get a couple wins at Crystal if I can ever get to turn in some laps over there. Um, and we'd like to get – I mean, we we, uh, we run good at Hartford and we run good at Butler. So man, we'd like to get maybe in two top tens when the Hell Tour comes through our area. Um, would be another another goal for us. Um, we always we put a lot of effort into the Hell Tour, and uh, we always like to try to put our best stuff forward. So um, yeah, a couple more wins, and if we could get over five wins for this year, that would be that would probably be hitting our goal for this year.
1: Nice, nice. Well, you're almost halfway there, man, So, uh, and you got a long way to go yet in this season to make that happen. So congratulations on what you've accomplished so far. Really looking forward to seeing what else unfolds for you. I'm sure we'll see you at a couple of events, uh, those Hell Tour races as well as they get going. So um, hopefully things continue to go well for you, man, and maybe we'll have to talk to you again.
4: Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure as always.
1: Well, I want to say thanks to Garrett for making time to join us here tonight on uh, Horsepower Happenings. I want to jump back real quick to Gary, did you know? my dad got them both right away. Brian Butler modifieds. Uh, and, uh, Ron was at Butler as well. So he, he had those two ready to go wrapped up. In I kind of, I kind of thought he might know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, rich, shall we, uh, take a look here, uh, on our, uh, script first and foremost, shall we take a look at the horsepower happenings, power rankings for this week?
2: Yep. Zach. So I, for some reason decided to take the outlaw super late models for the season. And, um, you know, I was a little bored at work today. So I said, hey, might as well do them and we'll have them ready for the show tonight. So these are updated since the Intimidator 100. So they are updated today. And Zach, it is getting tight at the top. Okay. So a tie at the top now, Connor Zabosian and Chris Benson at 31 points. Then we have a tie for third, Eric Lee and Brian Bergacre at 27 points. Then we have a tie for fifth, Paul Pelletier and Justin Schroeder, 21 points. Mark Shook, Adam Terry, Phil Bozell, and Stan Yee Jr. round out the top 10. Stan Yee Jr. jumping into the top 10, virtue of his win on Saturday night at Flat Rock. Nice. So, so, uh, really up there in the top five,
1: top six, three groups of guys, Zach. Tied up at the top and it's just going to get tighter. That's awesome. Now on the uh, Michigan winged sprint car scene, the Great Lakes Super Sprints were down in Ohio for most of the weekend. Actually uh, they were not in Michigan at all so you'll rely on the Butler Motor Speedway regular weekly 410 sprint car divisions. You'll get a new driver in the lineup this uh, this time around. Berkeley, Michigan's Thomas Schindlerly went to victory lane for the first time this season so he'll be on the board for the first time when we uh, reveal these uh, power rankings presented by Jim Coffee and Sun Plumbing and Heating. Keith Shefford, Jr., how about this? He's teamed up with Rhino Racing here, driving their second car. Two weeks in a row, he's been behind the wheel of that car. Two weeks in a row now, he's been runner-up. And Rod Henning, also going to be new to the list, placing in third. Trey McGranahan's going to probably move up the power rankings after finishing fourth. And Jason Blonde with a top-five finish. Check this out. Dustin Daggett showed up to Butler for a regular weekly show on Saturday. He brought it home sixth. Uh, Ryan Rule, another contender, he brought it home in eighth. Logan Easterday, ninth. And another newcomer, I think, to the power rankings list this week will be uh, Shane O'Banion. Uh, he'll be making his debut on the power rankings list after finishing in tenth. So uh, we're going to see a shakeup in the winged uh, Michigan wing sprint car power rankings, presented by Jim Coffee and Son Plumbing and Heating, as well because they've got some new guys, uh, some new guys coming into the contention there for that one. As for the Michigan super late model the dirt scene, you may be saying to yourself, Zach, where where has that been? We've been working to get some results. From Mid Michigan Raceway Park. That's been kind of our holdup, Rich. Uh, I didn't want to release that without having everybody represented fairly. So uh, you haven't seen one of those since before Memorial Day weekend. Kind of talked with Garrett off the air. He's going to help me get a line on getting those results from Mid Michigan a little bit better, uh, so that we can include them in our power rankings. So we'll get those all updated and re-released here this week. All right, upcoming calendar time now here on Horsepower Happenings. If you're catching this tonight, you're probably listening and watching watching along. Alongside The uh, XR Series event at Kokomo Speedway down in Indiana. I uh, do believe Dona Marcoolier may be the only uh, real Michigan representation down there. And if I'm incorrect, I'm sorry about that. We'll get that fixed. Uh, but Dona's down there racing at Kokomo. The other event happening tonight, by the time this gets released at 9 o'clock, we'll see if it's still happening. That's the Tezos All Star Circuit of Champions from Wayne County Speedway. lot of conversation today, Rich about whether or not that event was going to happen. That racetrack received a lot of rain. They've got standing water inside the tractor tires right now, and at the time of this recording, Rich, the track is rough. It's very soft. Uh, it's it's really biking up on guys. Uh, we've we just I just watched somebody put it on the tail tank coming off of turn number four. They are rocking and rolling through the corners. And a lot of these drivers didn't want to be there to begin with. Uh, Tezos officials kind of put their foot down and said we're going to try this thing. Uh, the racetrack's putting in the effort. We're going to stick around. A lot of rain scheduled for the rest of the week for Ohio speed weeks as well. So i um, interested to see how this is going to play out. Wikipedia has been covering it very heavily on Twitter as well. The driver's kind of not really sure about how this is going to play out. So uh, by the time this uh, is published, we'll be interested to see if they continue. They're in the middle of qualifying right now, and things are, are getting pretty rough, Rich. All right, uh, also coming up this weekend, speaking of sprint cars, Friday night, doubleheader for the Great Lake Super Sprints. It starts at Hartford Speedway where the Great Lakes Super Sprints will make their first appearance of the 2023 season. They were scheduled to be there earlier this year, but Mother Nature said no thank you, and uh, they weren't able to get that one in. Dirt Car UMP Modifieds, Super Troopers, which of course is the Crown Vicks, and Cyber Stocks are alongside the Great Lakes Super Sprints, who returned to the Wolverine uh, region for the first time, since I-96 Speedway, where Jared Horseman picked up the surprise win. Ryan Rule expected to be there. We'll see Greg Dahlman unload once again. Of course, Mad Max Stambaugh will be there. And, uh, Rich, last time we were there at Hartford Speedway in 2023, our uh, Michigan-winged Sprint Car Power Rankings leader kind of uh, spoiled the show in qualifying when he blistered a new track record. That, of course, uh, the 16C Angola, Indiana zone. Um uh, driver of the the Wheeler Motorsports number sixteen c. I can't think of his name right now. why am Tyler I... Rankin? Thank you, Tyler Rankin. I'm telling you what I went through every race car driver that my brain had stored up there and I could not come up with Tyler Rankin uh, but he's <laughs> the track record holder there after last year, so we'll see what he can do. Friday night at Hartford Motor Speedway. Then Great Lakes Super Sprints move to Butler Motor Speedway on Saturday night uh, with racing at 7.30 at both facilities Friday and Saturday night. And I-96 Speedway scheduled to be in action on Friday night as well with uh, the Great Lakes traditional sprints, the IMCA Modifieds, which will be a Fast Shafts qualifier event paying $1,000 to win, and Mini Wedges will also be in action 7.45. Green Flag scheduled to wave there at I-96 Speedway. So there's a look at Friday night, Rich. Yeah, Zach, now we move into
2: Saturday. Uh, and uh, back at Owasso Speedway. Why? Because it's Outlaw Super Late Model time of the season. Reveal the Hammer Outlaw Super Late Models, 100 laps, $10,000 to win, Zach, at Owasso. It's race number one of the Quad Crown at Owasso. Pure Stocks Pro Trucks and Front Wheel Drives are also in action. They'll open the gates at 5 p.m., racing at 7 p.m. at the Owasso Speedway on Saturday. And then at the Berlin Raceway, the Arca Menard Series comes to town for the Berlin Berlin ARCA 200. Sportsman Limited Late Models will also be in action. They'll get to racing at 6.30 on Saturday evening. And then on Sunday, a Father's Day special, Zach, in the afternoon. I don't know why you didn't get tickets for that for your Father's Day. Toledo Speedway 500 Sprint Car Tour and Midwest Modifieds Tour. Uh, Late Model Sportsman and Factory Stocks will also be in action. Practice kicks off at 11.30. Qualifying right around one thirty, and the first green flag will fly at three p.m. at the Toledo Speedway. Well,
1: I just—I can't believe you just ruined my Father's Day like that. I was hoping to uh, get an envelope Sunday morning with some tickets in it that said we were going. Oh, you don't even—you could just show up. I have you covered. Oh. You just got to get your body there. <laughs> I'll try to make that happen. That—that that, you know, I tell you what, that is going to be a good show on Sunday. Uh, if you don't have plans, I, I really would like to try to make it down there for that. Yeah, that 500 Sprint Car Tour, That's that's.
2: Uh, I think that's going to be a really good show. And uh, the Midwest Modifieds Tour, you know that that's going to put on a show. Man. Uh, absolutely. So I'm looking forward to it. Zach, all I need is a text, and there will be an envelope at the ticket office with your name on it. I'll you tell you what. Tell me how many.
1: I'm supposed to help move a piano that day, but uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll uh, Maybe I'll fall ill and have to go see the doctors down in Toledo. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. There's some good doctors out in
2: Toledo. But that'll that'll be really good for your back. Probably.
1: Oh man! All right. Well, that's going to do it for tonight's show. I want to say thanks to Kyle Crump and uh, of course Garrett Wiles for making time to join us tonight. Thanks so much to the racetracks that worked with us over the weekend as well. It was glad, uh, great to see everybody and and see all the drivers and racers that we caught up with. And hope to see you this weekend at a racetrack, whether it's Hartford, Butler, Flat Rock, wherever you're going. Uh, Toledo Speedway. We hope to see you there somewhere along the way. On behalf of Rich France, my partner Scott Menlander. Pays the bills. I'm Zach Kaiser. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to
0: Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening.